I don't know about you, but I can be pretty self-focused, self-absorbed, and self-exalting. It's pretty easy for me to make life all about me. Me so selfie. Me love me long time. You know what it's like to just want everything to like be all about me. Oh, me so selfie. Oh, me so selfie. Oh, me so selfie. Me love me long time. Oh, me so selfie. Oh, me so selfie. Oh, me so selfie. Me love me long time. My needs, my wants. My desires, my ambitions, my dreams, my goals, my success, my comfort, my happiness, my fame, my status, my popularity, my position, my preeminence, my glory. May the universe revolve around me. Me. Me, 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 me. Oh, it's a selfie. Oh, oh, me so selfie. Oh, me so selfie. Me love me long time. (laughs) My brothers, that selfie mindset and pursuit comes so natural to me. And I know it does for you too. Most men, even many Christian men, even many Christian leaders are living a life all about selfie. But God has called us to pursue something much bigger and better than that. And that's what I want to rip into for part two of Death to Selfie. This is some good, solid, spiritual meat with lots of practical application for you guys. So here we go. You're listening to the Bridge Podcast, where our mission is to help boys become men and to help men become better men. It's going to be raw, it's going to be real, and it's going to be relevant. Now, here's your host, Jason George. I'm your huckleberry. Yo, what is going down on my brothers from other mothers? Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune in, listen to the Grizz podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. And for you guys that don't know, that are new to the podcast, the Grizz podcast is an outreach of Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated. To learn more about us, you can go to narrowtrail.com narrowtrail.com. Guess what, my brothers? Guess what? Dude, you're not going to believe this, but it's the truth. You need to believe it. Life is not about you. Life is not about you. Yeah, yeah. I know that, Grizz. Duh. I mean, come on, man. Give me something deeper than that. See, you want something deeper, but you still don't have this settled in your life. And I can't say that I totally do either. But we want deeper, right? Life is not about you. Life is not about me. We all need to be constantly reminded of this fact, like every freaking day. We're all about selfie more than we realize. I am astounded and disgusted at how much I'm still about selfie in so many ways. Even with the good things that I do, even with ministry that I do, 
It is sickening how easily, how naturally I can jack it up by turning it into selfie. All about me. You see, selfie is a mindset and a pursuit that basically says it's really not about God or about you, but all about me. We have to constantly remind ourselves that life is not about me. So then, what is life really about? You see, that's the billion-dollar question that needs to be answered. You ready for this? The Bible, God's Word, makes it clear that the main purpose of our lives is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's precisely how the Westminster Catechism puts it. It starts out by asking the question, what is the chief end of man? And the answer in the Westminster Catechism, which I love, by the way, says to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I completely agree with that because that's exactly what I see that Scripture teaches is the main purpose of our lives as human beings. That is why we're on the planet. This is why God created and saved us, to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. Let me share a few verses of Scripture with you that reveal this truth. Isaiah 60 verse 21 says, Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I, God, may be glorified. Romans eleven thirty six says, For of him and through him and to him, talking about Christ, are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you are bought with a price, or you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Then Revelation 4, verse 11 says, You, talking about God, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. The main purpose of our lives, guys, is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Listen to these uh, verses that talk about us enjoying God forever. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I hate when people get this idea that when they die and go to heaven, if they're a Christian, you know, they're going to die, go to heaven, go into the presence of the Lord, and that that's going to be boring. That's not what scripture teaches at all. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy, which none of us have experienced yet. We've only gotten a taste of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, pleasure is not a bad thing. There are sinful pleasures, but pleasure is a good thing. Just got to find the right pleasures. Psalm 144.15 says, Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4, probably my favorite passage of Scripture. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, 
and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Again, all of these verses of Scripture, and many more that I don't have time to read, reveal that the main purpose of life is about glorifying God and enjoying Him forever. And that purpose, listen, it is completely contrary to what most modern-day TV, movies, music, politicians, podcasts, books, and even some pastors, teachers, and other quote-unquote spiritual gurus are telling you. Guys, according to Scripture, life is not about living for yourself. It's not about your best life now. The real meaning and purpose of life is not about you. You are not the center of the universe. You are not king. You are not the ultimate ruler. You are not the star of the show. Life is about glorifying God and enjoying him forever. Listen to what Jesus said about this. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Matthew 10, 39. Right there, Jesus is giving us the secret of how to live a meaningful and fulfilled life, a life of impact, a truly manly life. He says to have that kind of life, you have to let go of the selfie mindset and pursuit, a.k.a. you got to lose your life. Lose it. Let it go. Let go of the life is all about me mindset and pursuit. You got to lose the look at me, notice me, focus on me, like me, follow me, add me, friend me, promote me, share me, respect me, admire me, exalt me, applaud me, worship me, envy me. You've got to lose that mindset and pursuit for his sake. That selfie way of doing life is childish. That's the old life. We have to let that go. Lose that mindset. Lose that pursuit and begin living to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And in that, in that, when you do that, guess what you find? Real life. Purpose, meaning, impact, satisfaction. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. You want to hear the Grizz translation of that? You want to hear that? You want to hear the Grizz translation? Whoever finds their life will lose the selfie mindset and pursuit. And whoever loses their selfie mindset and pursuit for my sake will find real life. listen to me guys if our main purpose here on the planet is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever then how do we do that what does that look like in the practical grind of life I'll make it real simple for you number one we daily seek after God we strive to seek to know him and to stay in step with him, to walk with him. And we do that by digging into scripture 
and fellowshipping with him throughout our day. I'm talking about prayer, thanksgiving, meditation, focus. Guys, start your day with God, but throughout your day, strive to stay in tune or in step with him throughout your day, like in sync with him. How else do we glorify God with our lives? You ready for this? We look at other people's lives as more significant than our own. And we do that by not just looking out for our own interest, which is what we naturally do. We all look out for ourselves naturally, but by also intentionally looking out for the interest of others. Being intentional about it, making a point to do it, reminding ourselves to do that. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul talked about in his letter to the believers in the city of Philippi. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. A lot of you listening are familiar with this passage. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Four clear commands pop from that passage of Scripture. Number one, don't do anything from selfish ambition or conceit. Nothing. Don't do anything from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing from a selfie mindset or motives. Number two, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Translation, make a big deal about others, not about you. Number three, look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest or the needs or the desires of other people. Stop thinking of yourself all the time. What will make you happy? What about them? Number four, have this mind among yourselves. You see right there, have this mind. It's a mindset. You got to lose the old mindset that says life is all about you. And you got to reprogram your hard drive with this new mindset. Because this is the exact same mindset that Jesus Christ had when he was here on earth. Listen, my brothers, for you and I to live a life of meaning, of purpose, and lasting impact upon others, even long after we're gone, for us to live a life that truly pleases God, that's going to motivate him to say to us one day in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ, Well done, good and faithful servant. For all of that to happen, we got to change our mindset and our pursuit from life is all about me, selfie, to life is all about glorifying God and enjoying him forever. And how do I glorify him? It starts with seeking him daily, walking in step with him. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And then number two, you got to look out 
for other people's lives as more significant than yourself. You don't just look out for your own interest. You look out for their interest. And we've got to constantly remind ourselves of these things. And then go live it out in the daily grind of life. Go do it. First and foremost, man, this needs to be lived out at home with the wife and kids. Then we strive to live it out at work, at church, in the neighborhood, at school, and even our online presence. But first, it's got to start in the home with the wife and kids. I heard a guy say a long time ago, if your Christianity isn't working at home, then please don't export it. Ouch. You know, for years, I've seen all these professing Christians who want to go on some sort of a quote-unquote mission trip or they want to be part of a quote-unquote serve day at their church. So they want to help give other people a better life, right? But my question is, is a mission trip or a serve day at your church, is that the only time you're all about that? Is that the only time you're all about helping others have a better life? Is that the only time you're all about putting the needs, desires, interests of others in front of your own? And let me also ask you a penetrating question. Does your family think it's comical if you go serve in a third world country on a mission trip or in some inner city mission? Or do they think it's comical that you serve at like your church's serve day? Do they laugh at that? Do they snicker at that? Do your coworkers or classmates or teammates or neighbors think that's comical? If they do, it's probably because when you're with them, you're nothing like that. You're not that kind of person at all. The people you live with see the real you day in and day out. They see the selfish, lazy, messy, entitled, complaining, irritable, bad attitude, argumentative, me first child in a man's body. They see it. And that's why they laugh when you go off and try to be some sort of godly missionary or Christ-like servant elsewhere. If the shoe fits, guys, you need to own it and make adjustments. I've been there, done that. Listen to me. The greatest servant in your home should be you. So many Christian dudes, man, they want to preach about being the God-appointed leader in their marriage and family. And I'm like, right. Okay, but you obviously don't have a clue what that's supposed to look like. So let me help you with that, Hitler. You see, if you'd actually read and study the Gospels and endeavor to actually lead your marriage and family by Jesus' definition and example, then you would be striving to make yourself the greatest sacrificial servant of all in your home. And you wouldn't post about it all over social media. Death to selfie has to begin in your home life with our wives, with our children first. How do we do that? You got to make yourself, you got to discipline yourself to be the type of man who constantly serves others who loves and listens to his wife and kids. Love like 1 Corinthians 13 defines love. Go read that passage again and again and again. Let it sink in. You make yourself, you discipline yourself to be the type of man 
who helps clean up around the house and fixes things that break. And guess what? It never stops. It never stops. You got to discipline yourself. Make yourself be the type of man who helps change diapers and feeds the baby. Last night, I watched a friend do this at a party. Took their newborn baby. They have three kids. Took their newborn baby and made sure that he had a bottle when he needed to be changed. He went in the back bedroom and changed him. When he started crying, he was uncomfortable. He was kind of, you know, rocking him, shaking him, took him out on the deck for a little bit so the noise didn't bother other people, trying to calm his son down, his little baby boy. Why was his wife not there to do it? Now, she was there, but he wanted her to enjoy the party and to have time to just eat and talk with her friends. You know what I thought to myself when I saw that? Manly. Manly. You as a man, you serve and you keep serving. You take your kids to the doctor's appointments. You run to the store. You get the medicine late at night. You pick them up from sports or band practice. You show up to their games instead of watching a game on TV of your favorite sports team. You show up to their concerts, their recitals, their dance competitions, their birthdays, their graduations, the award ceremonies. You're there. You're always there. When they're little, you tuck them in at night and you say prayers with them. You run them to the ER when they break their arm or their leg or when they have an asthma attack or they cut themselves open with whatever. You stay up all night with them if you have to. You work hard day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year at your hard annoying job you do it you keep doing it why to provide for your family you protect your family nobody messes with your family you would die to protect them when your kids get older you know you go in and check on them because they start ignoring you right the teenage years they don't want anything to do with you so much But you go in, you check on them. How you doing? What's going on? What's the latest in your life? And you be interested in what they're interested in. You actually listen. When they go away to college or the military or whatever, you call them, you text them, you check on them. You let them know you're thinking of them. You send them just a message like, I'm just letting you know I love you. You affirm and you encourage them often when they're doing the right thing. Some of you are so good at catching your kids do the wrong thing and correcting them, but you suck at catching them doing the right thing and affirming and encouraging them in that moment. Like, whoa, hang on. They're going to be like, what? What'd I do? I'm sorry. No, no, no. What you just did right there, you did it right. I'm so proud of you. Well done, son. Well done, daughter. That's what I'm talking about. Come here, bring it in. Whatever it is. I'm not just talking about hitting a ball over the fence. Or making a good tackle. I'm talking about when they show respect to their mother. When they help around the house. When they take time for a kid that really nobody else wants to hang out with. But they hang out with that kid. Got to affirm and encourage them. Often. You leave them a note. You leave them a card. You help them out with their vehicles when they get older. 
you pick them up a treat for no reason, just randomly, just because. The greatest servant in your home should be you, not your wife, not your kids. It should be you. I saw my old youth pastor, Tim Duggins, model this really well. Did he do it perfect? Of course not. No man does. But he did it really well. He was a consistent, selfless, sacrificial servant to his wife and kids and to many others, including myself. The way he kept his house clean and helped with dinners and dishes and ran the vacuum. He wasn't one of these guys like I saw growing up that was like, well, that's the woman's job. I just work and bring home the bacon. I watched the way that he cleaned and took care of his wife's car for her. He also made sure she always drove the better vehicle of the two vehicles they had. He'd take the old beater car for himself. I remember him getting up from gatherings at his house. A bunch of us from the youth ministry would be over. We'd be eating, goofing off, and he would just get up because it was time for his kids to go to bed. And he would go tuck his kids in, and he would pray with them. He didn't put that off on his wife to do, because he was off doing more important ministry with the teenagers. Man, I was in high school and I was in college, and I watched all of this up close and personal repeatedly from this man. I took all of it in. What was I seeing? What was I learning? Real Christianity. I saw a man who was fighting to die to selfie. And it started in his home with his wife and his kids. That kind of living glorifies God. Because it's how Christ lived and how Christ commanded us to live. The greatest servant in your home should be you, not your wife, not your kids. Then, when you're dying to selfie at home, you extend it beyond home. You begin to die to selfie when it comes to neighbors, coworkers, classmates, teammates, friends, etc. And how do you do that? How do you do that? We make it harder than it is, guys. You just realize that people have needs, man. And you try to help meet those needs instead of just thinking of your own needs. What needs do people have? Let's go with the basics. Number one, air, water, food, clothing, shelter, Basic needs. Of course they have that. I mean, that's so stupid, Jason. Is it? Are you sure? Are you sure that they have clean water, food, clothing, shelter? What about if a disaster happens? What about if a dad is out of work? Or a mom, a single mom is out of work? Then you got number two, human needs, safety, security, comfort, sleep, rest, medical. Do they have that? I've got friends who have serious medical needs right now. And it costs a lot of money to meet those needs. They just need help. I'm sure you have friends like that. No, I I really don't. I don't know anybody like that. Look harder. Pay attention. Ask questions. Well, man, if you need my help, man, just say something. You know, I'm here. Just, Just reach out. 
They're not going to say that. They're not going to reach out. You see the need, meet the need. Number three, basic human needs, love, connection. People want to feel connected. People need communication. People need to be listened to. God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. We should be listening double the amount we're talking. Number four, basic human needs. People want to feel wanted. They want to feel wanted, accepted. Doesn't mean you approve of everything a human being is doing, but every human being just wants to feel wanted. Does anybody want me? That's deep inside of them. They want meaning. They want validation. They want to be respected. They want to feel special. They want to be appreciated. They want to know, is anybody proud of me for anything I've done? Basic human need, they need God. They need need the gospel. They need salvation. They need forgiveness. Well, man, I, I really care about that. And I am out there trying to win souls for Jesus. Good. But if you're ignoring other basic human needs, what are you doing, man? That's not what I see from Christ when he walked here on earth. There's a basic human need for growth, development. People want to grow. They want to develop. They want to become better. There's a basic human need to do something significant, something meaningful. Help them. Well, I'm trying to get myself to the summit. I'm climbing. I've got to get to the summit. What if your summit is that you help others keep getting to their summit. Just a question. Like what summit are you really climbing, man? I'm trying to accomplish what I got to accomplish and achieve and be something. But in the meantime, like, or at the same time, who are you helping to reach their summit. You find out what people's needs are and you try to meet those needs, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational. You text or call and you check on people. Well, nobody ever texts and calls and nobody ever checks on me, man. Right. And how's that feel? It sucks. So do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Be different. Make yourself into this kind of man. Discipline yourself to be this kind of man. This kind of man stands out from everybody. Listen to people. Really listen. Try to understand them. Feel what they're feeling when they're going through something. Put yourself in their shoes. Give to help meet their need. Pray for them. Pray with them. Pray over them. This is so powerful. I had a guy today pray over me. Dear God, I pray for Jason right now. And he just went on and began to pray for my life. Happens to me every single week in a small group I'm part of. Affirm and encourage people for what they're doing right Make people laugh. Use humor appropriately. Appreciate people. Speak well of people to other people. Brag on them. Go visit people. Visit them in their homes, the hospitals, rehabs, work. Just stop by and hang out for a little bit. You don't got to stay forever. We've lost this in our society. I'm just going to text them. I'm just going to post something on their wall since it's their birthday. They're right down the street, man. 
just stop by. Hey, man. Just want to say happy birthday. I love you, man. Proud of you, dude. You're doing good as a dad, doing good as a husband, man. You're an okay friend. <laughs> but, but, man, happy birthday. There are so many practical ways to simply love and serve and help your family, your friends, your coworkers, classmates, teammates, neighbors. Just have a better life or just have a better day. Just make their day better. Give them a moment. When you come in the room, that moment for them, it's going to be better. Why? Because I'm here. I'm going to make it better for them. Because I'm not going to make it all about me, selfie. I'm going to focus on them. And I'm going to do my best to try to lift them up, to meet some needs. Whether they're physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, relational. We just don't think about it, guys. Because we're so freaking obsessed thinking about ourselves. And we have to change that mindset and pursuit to get the focus off of selfie. I honestly believe that becoming less selfie and more selfless actually helps us with our issues. It does. I believe it helps us with our pain, our anxieties, our depression, our addictions. I believe it has a way of transforming us when we get the focus off of ourselves and we start trying to meet the needs of others. I believe it helps make us a better person, a more whole person. You lose your life, what happens? You find real life. And listen, guys, I'm all for the right kind and the right dose of self-care. We all need to take time for self-care. But self-care should be a pit stop. That shouldn't be where we dwell 24-7, 365. Every person has needs, including you. Does Jesus tell us to completely ignore all of our needs in order to meet the needs of others? I don't see that in scripture. What I see is that we are commanded to love others the way we love ourselves. We are commanded to not just look out for our own interests, but also for the interest of others. Before we can love others properly, we should all examine if we are loving ourselves properly. Some of us aren't doing good with self-care. But then there's some of us, well, dude, that's all you do all the time is self-care. You make the majority of your life about you. Selfie. It's not good. That's not the path, my brothers. The whole purpose of our life is not selfie. Our main purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And how do we do this? We got to seek him daily. We got to learn to trust and obey him, to walk his path, to walk with him. And does this involve taking care of ourselves, a.k.a. proper self-care? Yes, but it also involves Caring for others with right motives. Listen, let me say something about that real quick. If our motive for caring for others is to get something from them, then we aren't really caring for them. We've made it all about us. I'm going to do something really loving for you, man. But I know you're going to hook me up later, dude. I know you are if I do this. That's selfie. As you, as a man, as you grow, as you become healthy and stable, then you can go help others do the same. And you should be doing that. Guys, I have to constantly, every day, remind myself, it's not about me. It's about God. It's about them. Give others a better life. Help them experience a better day today. Man, I got more to say on this topic, but that's enough for you to chew on for now. 
Let's wrap it up. Join a climb team. Let me ask you, is porn still in your life? Are you sick and tired of trying to overcome it on your own? Then find the connection that you need to quit porn by joining one of our climb teams. What we do with the climb teams is we help Christian men access immediate support, accountability, and community. And our first climb team is launching on Monday, August 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This first climb team, we hope to have more coming up, but this first one is launching where it's going to meet every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And it starts on August 29th this year. And how does it work? What's a climb team all about? Each climb team meets online once per week via Zoom for about 60 to 75 minutes. The weekly meeting is led by me, and each climb team consists of about 10 guys. Each team member is given approximately five minutes to answer, like just some basic check-in questions. Each team member is individually prayed for and given some guidance, encouragement. Team members are there to listen, encourage, and pray for one another. They're not there to judge and condemn you at all. Nobody's there for that. The team leader keeps the conversation on track, keeps it within the time limit. Throughout the week, team members keep in touch daily through a private group chat using the Signal app. Confidentiality is an absolute requirement of membership. What is talked about in climb teams stays in climb teams, or that man won't won't remain in the climb team. I'll kick him out. And every Friday, the guys on the climb team, they get a helpful video or email from me, something really short, just some climbing tips, some encouragement. The climb team is also going to be working through a book called The Game Plan by professional counselor, author Joe Dallas. The monthly cost for a climb team is just $40 per man. Breaks down to just $10 per week. $10 per week, man. You spend more than that going out to Chipotle or Chick-fil-A or Wendy's for like one meal, especially nowadays. $10 a week. Dude, this is way more valuable than any of that crap fast food. (laughs) So if you're interested in joining our climb team on Monday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time, it kicks off on August 29th this year, then let us know. You can email us at info at narrowtrail.com, info at narrowtrail.com, or go to our website, narrowtrail.com, click on the page that says climb teams, and there is an online application, it's just a really short one. That, that doesn't sign you up. That's just saying, hey, I'd like to be part of it. And you tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll see if you're a good fit, and we'll get back to you within a couple days after you submit that application. We've had some guys already do that. There's only limited spots for this first climb team, guys, but we're trying to fill it up. So if you're interested in that, Let us know, man. Narrowtrail.com. Go there. Check it out. Hit the page. Climb Teams. All right. Climb Teams are online communities of like-minded Christian men who provide connection, support, accountability, guidance, and encouragement to one another in order to help each other grow in Christ and fulfill his mission. You may not know this about me, but you're going to because I'm going to tell you For several years, I've been part of an online accountability support group myself. It's got some other pastors and leaders in it. I'm not the leader of it. There's another guy that's a leader. It's a friend of mine named Bill. Shout out to you, brother. And you know what? It's so good for me to be in there. I was in there this morning. It's a safe place, man, for me to share what's really going on. Struggles, failures, victories, frustrations, just the grind, warfare. And I know that I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm always encouraged. Sometimes I'm challenged. Sometimes I am lovingly kind of steered a different way. Hey, Jason, I would kind of change your thinking on that. What, what about this? 
Nobody tries to change me. I've got to change myself. But by watching others change and fight, man, it does something. And I'm not alone. I'm not climbing alone. That's the biggest thing that so many Christian guys, they're just, that's why they're falling so much. That's why they're so messed up because they're trying to climb alone. Stop climbing alone. Stop trying to climb solo. You were never meant to. Guys, get in a climb team. First one starts August 29th this year, Monday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time. All right, I'm out. He is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jim Elliott, missionary and martyr. Peace out, my brothers. It's time to get up and go get it. Go get it, man. You go freaking get it.